Please describe to me the feelings and sensations you experience when beating your son. Hi, baby. Okay, I'll meet you there. We're gonna have to cut this short, I'm afraid. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 245. Releasing on September 20 across the US in select theaters and on video on demand is Bloodline, a horror thriller that stars Sean William Scott as a guidance counselor whose primal urge to kill is triggered upon the arrival of his newborn son. Bloody, stylish, and very topical, Bloodline approaches its many themes with a fearless heart and inquisitive mind. And joining me now to talk about Bloodline is the film's director, Henry Jacobson. Henry, I thank you very much for joining me today on the podcast. Uh, thank you for having me. So it's really interesting. You have came across this script. It was already at Bloomhouse, uh, the studio who made this film. And I was curious... What was the initial thing about this story that really spoke to you that this was a film that you wanted to direct? Well, it was really simply uh, was the basic premise, serial killer has a baby. That idea really stuck with me. As it happens, uh, my wife was pregnant with our, our, first, uh, our first child. Um, and, you know, I'm definitely a fan of serial killer subgenre and horror obviously and thrillers in general um so that idea is what is what really is what really sparked with me and uh you know i i i wanted to take it in sort of a very different direction but um uh the, you know i sort of i was like huh this is interesting and and you know i i, I had some I had some time to think about it and and um ultimately sent it to my my writing partner Albert fox learner on this and we had some long conversations about where we thought it could go. She she also sort of sparked to that idea. She's also a mother. So, yeah, I think it was that initial idea of how do we bring this into a family that, that you know, was, was the most interesting element. Also attached to the film at that time was um, Sean William Scott in the role of Evan. Um, it's really inspired casting, I think. Um, and he's an interesting actor in that... I don't know if you saw a couple of years ago, Sean William Scott was on the Rich Eisen show. It's a sports show, and they were riffing on trying, uh, thinking of alternate endings for sports movies, and he kept going into this really kind of dark territory. You know, imagine if Rudy died, you know, things like that. And it's clear to me that he's the type of actor that was really looking for darker material and, and something different for his, uh, for his career. Is that something that you definitely came across as well when you first met him? Yeah, you know, it, it was it was you know it was surprising. He it turns out is like a huge horror buff, and you know, really knew horror movies. So when we so you know when when we came on and and you know said we wanted to do it, the first step was I had to I had to pitch Sean. Uh, he had to approve uh, you know me to come on, um, and. You know, uh, the version that we came came to him with was pretty fucking dark. And even when we were working on it, we were like, oh, I'm sorry, can I say that? Oh, of course, absolutely. <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. Um, he, you know, we were like, I don't know, this is going to be too dark, even for Blumhouse. You know, is, is he going to be into this? And he loved it. And, and throughout the process of working on it, on the script... You know, he was he was very involved, and I would send you know we would send him every draft, and we would have long conversations, and without fail, every time we thought we were pushing the boundaries too much, he would say, "I love it. Can we make it darker? Let's go darker." Um, 
and you know, so he was uh, he was a real joy to work with. You mentioned before that you are a father. I'm a father as well to two boys, and it's really. I think the really cool thing about your movie is that you delve right into the stress of those first few months of parenting. Um, and I think it's a thing that parents have a connection with one another about. We've been in the trenches, you know, like we, we were there at two <laughs> o'clock in the morning doing the bottle feeds for how many nights and, yep. and, and, cetera. and even this morning, I have a four year old, my young, my youngest is four years old. He has an earache. So I've been up since like five in the morning, helping him out. As well, it's something. It's just part. It's what it's what we do, and um, I think what's really interesting in in regards to the character of Evan is that I think as soon as our kids are born, we are injected with this fear that someone, you know, that we are the protector. That someone might hurt our children. Is that something that you guys really want to delve into in regards to the character of Evan? Is that as soon as this thing happens to him, this life changing event, something just kind of triggers inside of him. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting that you say that because that's one of the things about, particularly I think about being a father that had never occurred to me. You know, I had never, I never was a very fearful person and, and I, I, throughout my life, I put myself in some very dangerous situations sort of on purpose. I mean, you know, in my background, um, even in work as a, a documentary filmmaker, I've worked in some very dangerous places and only after having a child did I really start to become afraid of what could happen. And, you know, as my other friends were having kids, that was something that became uh, consistent in every other father that I talked to is that, you know, for me, I would start having these like very dark, you know, dark fantasies of horrible things happening that, that I had just never really had before in a way. So that, you know, was very true to the character that, that I was going through as we were writing it. You know, when we finished, when we, you know, turned in our final draft, I think my son was about two months old at that point. Um, and yes, that, you know, that fear that something is going to happen or that someone is going to hurt him was huge and, and was definitely a big part of it. And, and then, you know, Avra is also, she's a mother. Um, so when we were writing it, we really wanted to, you know, in a lot of ways, this is a very sort of fantastical film and it's very stylized and surreal in some places, but the experience of early parenthood is something that we wanted to be very truthful about because I don't think a lot of movies are very honest about it. You know, I, I, I think a lot of movies tend to kind of gloss over that period and it's actually pretty hard pretty brutal for a lot of people maybe not everybody but for a lot of people just by lack of sleep and the tension that puts on your marriage and and you know uh, the anxieties over is your kid eating enough is he developing at the right you know rate there's all these things that we kind of become consumed with um that we thought was one really true and two fed into you know a horror movie fed into a, a sense of tension and anxiety and, and, and fear that actually set us up really well to get into a, a slasher movie. So, so, you know, that was, that was really important to both of us. For myself, when it comes to a great horror film or slasher film, maybe just in films in general, I think you really need to have two 
kind of components. Number one, you need to have stakes on the table. You need to have some type of emotional stakes particularly, which this film does have plenty of. What I really love about this film is that it also has really good horror movie beats. I, I Sometimes I compare movies to like music compositions. It has to hit the right notes at the right time. And I think horror movies especially do that. Um, number one, would you agree with, with my assertion on that? And number two, if you do, where do those beats kind of come in? Is that inherent in the script or is that something that really comes in post-production? Absolutely, I agree with you. And I've actually thought of it in that term, in those terms too. Like, you know, one of the things, the comparisons, I think, particularly with horror, but general filmmaking is uh, the, that you can compare to music is the, the, the rest, right? Yeah. The, the rest in a musical score is just as important as the note that comes after it. And I, I think that's, that's the same um, in filmmaking is those moments of stillness and those moments that allow, you know, are, are often, again, particularly in horror, the, the scariest moments. And I think particularly with a movie like this, where the anxiety is really coming from kind of getting inside the mind of the lead character, inside the mind of the serial killer, those quiet moments are in some cases the scariest. Um, and they also, I think, set up those moments of, of, brutality uh, and and um so yes yeah, i i do think that musical um analogy is is spot on and um you know i think in terms of that that timing question you know the scares quote unquote i mean this isn't really a jump scare movie but hmm. the scares and the violence do come as these really sudden kind of sharp crescendos that then we move through very quickly so uh, you know I, I, I do think that's a really apt comparison and, and um, it is something that I think about a lot and, and something you know I guess to answer your question about where that comes from in the process it's really both um, definitely in the writing of the script we thought a lot about pacing and you know there's some editorial cho choices that we make that are these very sort of fast rhythmic sections that are written that way, you know, that we, we wrote these to be the sort of, you know, quick cut kind of shot kind of moments that would kind of jump off the page so that the reader would understand what we were going for. Um, and then that only gets enhanced uh, and, you know, really you sort of find it in the edit and then, you know, the sound design. Uh, and, and also obviously working with, with score, score influences that um, enormously. Yeah, and you guys have a great score in this movie as well, just to, just to put it out there as well. Um, final question here. I'm just curious, working for uh, for Blumhouse, um, they have gone from strength to strength over the years. They have become the pioneering premier, like premier horror thriller brand. When you work for this studio, I'm curious, is there a set of philosophies guidelines in regards to working in, in, with, with that company. I know they're very, uh, there's a budget thing there. You, you want to get your films to a certain budget. You want to, you, but is there other things as well that, that you have to live up to with the Blumhouse brand or do you have creative freedom to make whatever film uh, you want to make? You know, I think one of the great advantages of their budget structure, um, and particularly this, you know, this fell into their low, but you know, their sort of ultra low category because it was just a million dollar budget. 
is that they allow you to have that creative. The, the risk isn't as great as yep. if you were working for on a twenty million dollar you know movie with a big studio. So they and and I I think every filmmaker that's worked with them would say this. They give you an incredible amount of creative freedom. Um, you know, they certainly are involved in shaping the story and they give notes. And, you know, we went through, we would, you know, we submitted an outline that they give notes on. We had meetings and certainly lots of conversations as you would. But there was never a time where they were like, do it this way or we pull the plug or anything like that. Any, any, anything that they said was always just with the goal of making me think about it more. And in most cases, it led to, a more interesting idea than, than where I, you know, what I had at the beginning of it. So, um, yeah, it, 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 they're, they're great to work with. This was actually the, the third time I had worked with them. The first two being on, um, documentary and, and unscripted projects, uh, with, you know, on the TV side, um, which is a whole other, you know, a whole other beast. But, uh, but yeah, creatively they're, they're really a dream to work with because, once they kind of say, okay, green light, go, they kind of let you do what you want. And, and all along the way, we kept being like, there's no way, even in the script process, like there's no way they're going to let us do this scene, right? There's no way they're going to let us do this scene the way we want it. And then when they started getting scenes, I was like, you know, there's no way they're going to let us keep this in the movie. But all along the way, they, they did. And, and they, you know, they, they wanted to push it in as sort of strange and darker direction as, as I wanted to take it. So for everyone listening out there, September 20 in U.S. in select theaters and also on video demand, Bloodline starring Sean William Scott. It's I put that I put this film Henry in the category of the thinking man's horror movie. It really does. It's one of those films that really grips you with its filmmaking, with its performances, but makes you think afterwards. And I think that's a, the sign of a, a great film and a great filmmaker. So congratulations to you, Henry, and uh, and and best of luck with the release of the film. Thank you so much, Matt. It's really a pleasure to talk to you.